Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. to another edition of Faith on Fire. I'm Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I'm Pastor Vince Haney from Rhema Word of Faith, the Word Church. And again, welcome to another exciting broadcast of Faith on Fire. And uh, we're here to ignite one's faith on fire. And the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. You got to hear it, receive it, believe it, and then you will achieve it. That's what God wants. The Bible says also without faith, it's impossible to please him. It's impossible to please him. Yeah. It's impossible to know him. It's impossible to do anything. And again, about that faith, I like to define faith in the simplest terms. Confidence in God. And God in his word are one. Wet and water. So we put confidence in God. And when you decide to put your confidence in God, God's going to start walking with you. You're now walking by faith. When you say, God, it's your word. You said it in your word. I believe it. I receive it. And I'm going to just trust it. That's confidence in God. And that's what the broadcast is about. That's what God wants us to do. He wants our faith to be on fire for him. Meaning, the scripture says in Corinthians, not looking at the things which are seen, but looking at the things which are unseen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are unseen are eternal. And that's the word of God. You can't really, you know, see it, especially when you say you got it. You got to have it in your spirit. And Jesus said something in John 6. He said, the words that I speak are spirit and they're life. So you get to partake, feed on the word of God, and then you get to speak it, release it. That's spirit and that are life. And everything happens, Richard, in the spirit realm first. Everything. There's an invisible realm which makes things physical. That's what God did in Genesis. Whatever was inside of him... He opened up his vocals and he spoke it and there it was. And the scripture says, whatever God said, that's what it was. Well, this is why we have to live by faith and not by sight. Right. Because when a tragedy happens, you know, in our community, just this last week, there was this huge bus accident and their terrible tragedy. People say, God doesn't care. God doesn't care about anybody. That's why God allowed this. God doesn't even care about kids. He would let kids die. God just doesn't care. Sight could say God doesn't care about those kind of things, and that's what people say. We live by faith, knowing that in all things, no matter what it is, he works all things to the good for those who love him. And so we have to live by faith and not by sight because our sight says this is terrible. There's no nothing good can happen to this. And yet, what does our faith say? Our faith says that no matter what it is, God can use it for good. And in situations like that, that's why it's necessary that we go out and, and preach the good news to every creature we as christians who are being equipped for the work of ministry we're supposed to go out and redeem co-labor with jesus to reconcile and redeem people back to god meaning get them saved get them in right standing with god so when thing when tragedies happen for a christian we know better is one day in his courts 
you know, when we leave this earthen vessel, we're going to spend eternity with God. That's the good news. So when I find out a brother or sister in Christ has, you know, left this earth realm, if I know they were saved, I, I believe what the scripture says. You're going to be with him. We're all going to spend eternity somewhere. So, you know, we try to, back to that scripture in Corinthians, we don't look at the things which are seen. They're, they're temporary. Things that are seen are temporary. But things which right. are unseen. Everything, everything in the studio that we look at. Right, it's temporary. temporary. But things which are unseen are eternal. Our spirits, I can't see your spirit. I see your body, your flesh, but I can't see your spirit. And you do have a spirit. But that's what's going to live on. That's what's eternal. And Jesus and, said. And I tell people all the time, anybody who's ever looked at a dead body, I've seen people more than I ever thought I would in my lifetime. What you realize right off that what made them them isn't there anymore. It's it the left. spirit. That, that's when it clearly becomes just a shell mm -hmm. that you realize that was just a shell that that they are gone. Yeah, they're gone. Their spirit gone. And again, this is an earthen vessel. Scripture refers to it. A so tent. again, we believe what the word says about who we are. We're spirits. But this isn't to have a body. Is. No. This, in fact, you know, there. I don't know if you can remember it. I'm a little bit older than you, but old Milwaukee beer. Remember I remember old Milwaukee. Old Milwaukee. I grew up they in Chicago. Had, they had commercials <laughs> that where they'd be out fishing or whatever, and they'd say, this is as good as it gets. Thankfully, this world, and there's a lot of good parts of this world. I, I've been placed in this world, and you look and you see the beauty that God has made. Mm -hmm. No matter how nice it is, though, no matter how beautiful it is, no matter how pretty the sunset, no matter how great the people you're with, this is not... As good as, as, as it gets. gets. Yeah, because better is one day. In fact, you could make a claim that no matter how good this is, this is as bad as it gets. Right. Really? <laughs> seriously, we could make the claim that this is as bad as it gets because every day with him is going to be so much better than this. Well, that's why the scripture says better is one day in his course than a thousand days elsewhere. And Paul writes to live as Christ and to die as gain. Right, right. So again, when tragedy happens, you know, especially fatalities like that, and and that's, that should be a wake-up call to ignite one's faith on fire to go and participate in the Great Commission. Our job, is, Scripture says we're ministers of reconciliation, and Jesus said the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. He said the harvest is already white. The fields are already ready. He said, but you pray. Go out and, and reconcile people. Redeem. That's what he says. We're ambassadors for Christ. We're representatives, so we're our daily lives should be Letting our light so shine, but winning don't people. Don't you love it though when you talk to somebody about the Great Commission and they say, "I don't know anybody who's not a Christian. Everybody I know is a Christian." <laughs> Seriously, well, well, I you, mean that means you never leave your house and go to the grocery store. You never go to the gas station. You never go anywhere because I guarantee you, you're going to run just normal life. You're going to run into people who aren't Christians. Mm -hmm. the you are. Way, <laughs> the only way you can say. And be honest about it is the only people I know are Christians is if you never left your house. Well, and not only that, and if everybody in your congregation is a Christian, that tells me something about the congregation. You guys aren't participating in the Great Commission because you we haven't got have, no new people oh, in. You can't have sinners in there. Yeah, you, you can't get no sinners. Christians in the building. No, that's part of the Don't thing. Don't you check their card when they come in? You know, you, you know what? Have a Christian card. Richard, as I'm going throughout my day, Especially I, I pass elementary schools and stuff as I'm riding my bike or driving. And I look at new creations of people. And, and I get it when Jesus said the harvest is plentiful. There's never a lack of new customers. You don't have to go to China to find no, new flavors. They're here, they're, I go to my kids' old ju 
junior high school and high school and elementary. And I look at, I was like, wow, my son was here 10 years ago and the place is refilled with more kids. And all of those people need to be born again. They all need to hear the good news. And that's what it is to have the mind of Christ. So, again, in tragic situations like that, if we give everybody the good news, we know we'll see them again in eternity. We know where they will spend eternity at. And, again, I can't think of a more honorable job to have than to be a co-laborer with Jesus Christ, the will and the harvest. Jesus his first, one of the first things he said when he started his ministry, when he got Peter and those guys, he said they were fishermen. He said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. That's the first, some of the first conversation Blessed he had. Are Blessed are the feet of him who brings good news. Yeah. So, And that's what he wants us to be. We should always bring good tidings. And part of the fivefold ministry is to train up the saints, perfect the saints for, saints for the work of ministry. Part of the work of ministry is going out, being a light, and and, and Bible says one plants, one waters, but God gives the increase. God loves people. He loves his creation. And he wants them redeemed and reconciled and restored back to him. And the only way that can happen is they go through the door of Jesus. There's only one mediator between man and God, and that's Scripture says in Timothy, that's the man, Christ Jesus. So we should be doing that. See, here's the deal, though. We always sitting up there worrying about our lives. Everything. And the scripture tells us in Matthew, don't worry about your life, what you should eat, what you drink, but seek first the kingdom. Well, seeking first the kingdom is doing what God says do and acting like he said you're supposed to act. And, and, and again, back to he told Joshua, if you do these things, you'll make your way prosperous. You'll have good success. Over in Matthew, all things will be added to you. But we're so focused on our issue that we can't even focus on the mission or the commission. Well, you know, you talk about the Great Commission. As a lot of Christians, and I run into them, I'm sure you have too, think that it's the pastor's job no, to do the great. It's commission. the pastor's job to equip you I to mean, do it. A lot it. of people think it's the pastor's job to do the to tell. It's all of our jobs. It's the pastor's job. If the church is going to grow, that's the pastor's job. No, what I are tell we paying him for if it's not to make the church grow? I mean, people actually come to that conclusion. People think that. It's the pastor's job to get new people in the church. It's the pastor's job to see people saved. It's the pastor's job to do those things. We're all called to be a part of the Great right. Commission. We're all and, and again, and as ministry leaders, God. we're supposed to communicate and clarify that constantly. I'm constantly telling the congregation. And I tell people all the time, you're going to run into people I'm not going to see. Right. I'm never going <laughs> to have contact with them. Right. You are maybe the only Christian that's going to have contact <laughs> with them. And so we have got to come to the conclusion that it's not somebody else's job. It's not somebody else's position. Praise that the God Lord. calls us to go out on the Great Commission just like he does everybody but, else. But you know what? But if Satan can get you to focus on all well, your he can issues. Get you to focus on the fact that it's somebody else's job, not mine. Right. And But focus on all your woes, your, your, your negative stuff. And you'll figure, well, I'm not equipped to go do that. I, can, I got my own problems to deal with. And again, that's that spirit of selfishness. I got my own. And the scripture says, consider other people over yourself. Give preference to others. Well, you should be going out ministering to people, especially if you claim you've been a part of this church for umpteen years. You should be well equipped now to do the work of the ministry. And part of the ministry is to fulfill the Great Commission. You know how, how weird all this kind of stuff is? It's not just on the Great Commission. When I first came to our church, every once in a while I would see somebody come into church and they'd see an usher. And we're right near a 7-Eleven. There's a fair amount of cups and stuff that end up on our property. We're constantly picking them up. 
And I would see people come into church and they'd walk up to an usher and they'd say, you know, there's a cup out there in the parking lot. Really? Somebody needs to pick <laughs> really? that up. And they didn't pick it up on the way in? No, because that was somebody else's. That, that's the usher's job. Or the usher should know whose job it is. Right, right, right. Know? And and after a while, I heard this a few times, and I'd tell I, I, from the pulpit, I'd say, you know what? That's everybody's job. That's not somebody's job. That's everybody's I'm job. I'm surprised they didn't say tell the send the pastor out there. Well, you are. Some of them might have been thinking Because we're paying you good money. Right. I mean, what are we paying them for if you're going to be out there picking no, trash right. up? Right. So, police the area. <laughs> right. But I mean, and after I mentioned this a few times from the pulpit, now almost everybody in our church if they see something, they're going to just pick it up. But where do we get the idea that that's somebody else's job? You know what? That's somebody being, else should do that's it. That's what the scripture means in Romans 12, being conformed to this world. The world system, and Satan is controlling this world system, and he wants you to believe what he wants you to believe. He wants you to believe that that's somebody else's job. He don't want you to believe what the word says, prefer others over yourself. Be humble-minded because they probably believe I'm too good to pick up that paper cup. Sure, I got my Sunday best on. No, you should remember what Jesus taught about feet washing, and they was like, Jesus, we should be washing your feet. He says, No, I, I want to demonstrate you to you. If you want to be in leadership, you got to first be a servant. And again, that's what the scripture teaches us. That's what you should observe, and let not depart from you. Then you'll make your way prosperous. Then you'll have good success. That's the seek ye first, the kingdom, and all these things that we added to you. It's basically God's way of doing things. And God's way of doing things are totally different from the world's way of doing things. Well, see, in our world, in, in, you know, in the United States of America, everything's broken up. You have a certain job. Somebody else has a certain job. And we start to see the world that way, as in even our we come into We're coming to the church like that, into the household of somebody, God. That's somebody else's job to do that. Um, they're a Sunday school teacher, so that's their job. And so everybody's got a different job. And so my job isn't any of those things. I'm, I only do what I'm supposed to do. And we've got to get past this whole idea. God's called everybody to the Great Commission. God's called everybody to tell people the good news. Well, the scripture even give us some uh, revelation on that in Corinthians where he talks about the body parts. He says every part has its function. It does its share. But it does its share for the whole. For the good of the body. Yeah, for the good of the body. So, you know, I don't just walk with one leg. The other one helps, too. <laughs> well, I'm going I on probably strike could. today. I don't like what's going yeah, on. Yeah, I'm staying home. I, I, I'm going to freeze up on you today. <laughs> no, I need you actually use your arms to walk, too, to balance yourself. Yes, my arms have their function. My legs have their function. But they work better together. Yeah, when everybody in unison, man, when everybody can... Can, can help promote the other part of the body. It just works good, especially when I'm doing push-ups. <laughs> yeah, I'm using, well, you, you know, when you, one, you only when you're one hand for yeah. those. No, right? what about when I'm swimming? I just swim with my one leg. But I mean, as we look, this is why he uses that analogy. That's yeah. why he talks about one body with many parts because right. we can all of us look and say, yeah, that makes complete sense because it's all working together. Right. But that's how we've got to see the church as a one body, many parts. Well, that's what the be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. When you come into the kingdom of God, the family of God, you start to have the mind of Christ and you start it you start being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your mind should now be transformed and renewed by the word of God. That's what's gonna make you make your way prosperous and have good success you're not just hearing the word like it says over in james a hearer only but you're a doer and the well, that's why say, we have to believe god right and the scripture if we say, don't believe god we're not going to do it you're not going to do it but that's what he says those who come to him must believe 
Those who come to him in Hebrews 11, 6 must believe that he is. And he is the truth, the way and the life, that he is telling the truth. He has all wisdom. You got to believe he has all wisdom and knowledge according to Colossians. And he's a rewarder. Ooh, that's the good part. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He's a rewarder of those who are just, who are a doer and a hearer of the word. A hearer you know, and a I doer. pray for people all the time. They'll have God's wisdom. I pray for the leaders of our country. And it doesn't matter what party they're well, in. It doesn't matter what position they're in. Well, you're in line, you're in line with the command. Wisdom. The scripture fact, tells us that. At a meeting last night, I was at, I'm the chaplain of a group, and I prayed that the leaders of our country would have wisdom. And afterward, a guy says, you know, that's going to take a lot of work on God's part. Well, and, but you know what? That's but, what we need to be praying for. You know, we talked about this tragedy that happened in our community. We need to be praying for our first responders. We need to be praying for people that, that come upon those kind of accidents and have to do, that they'd have wisdom beyond their own. They'd have skill beyond their own. Mm -hmm. That God would use them in those kind of things. I, I'm one of those people, if I hear a siren, I see an ambulance go by, Start praying. I, I pray that God would give wisdom to those people, to whoever it is responding, and then I give protection for them, and then he would give peace and calm to the people wherever he's going. And so we can be praying for those things and should be praying for those people. Well, that's what the right, remember, the fervent, effectual prayers of the righteous availeth much. And the scripture says this in, in John, first John, this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And because we know he hears us, we have the petitions of those things we ask. Well, that's God's will. Scripture says you should always pray for one another or always pray for others. So if you're praying for the paramedics or whoever's in an accident, you're praying the will of God. And he says, heaven hears those prayers. You know what I love about James? He says, if anybody's happy, sing praises. Anybody sad, sing praises. Anybody sick, pray. Right. His Men theory to is, always in pray. everything that happens, talk to God about it. There it is. Because <laughs> you know? in God, like, well, like it says in Colossians, in him, God and Jesus are hidden all the mysteries of wisdom and knowledge. God has the wisdom to fix any problem. But again, if you're putting limits on God and don't have a revelation of Ephesians three oh, twenty, like that. that's good preaching there. Putting but, limits on God. Well, we do that all the time. Limits on God all the time. Well, he we can won't do, do that. This, but he can't do well, that. Well, see now, oh, now, he can save my neighbor over there because she's a good person. But man, that one over there used to be a hell's angel. He's well. No now you got to meditate on Ephesians three twenty. Now unto Him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can think, imagine, according to the working of His mighty power, according to the working of his power in us. And that's that power of believe. You just got to believe. When you come to God, you got to believe that he is. You got to believe that he can handle this just when you come. And that's what happened to me when I got saved. I didn't even know none of this. I just figured God is the one that can get me out of it. He had, I figured if anybody can do this. Well, see, and I called the point where you knew you couldn't. There you go, right there. I, I reached that God point. God was the only one that could. Right. And there was something in me telling me, because God knows all. He knew he knew I was going to get saved. He knew I was going to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior because he's all-knowing. And he put whatever that, that spirit of faith he put in me, that measure of faith that he put in me, it, it was time for it to manifest because I cried out to him, and he answered, and I'm here today preaching the gospel. Yes, and I didn't even deserve it, Richard. I didn't have to work for it either. I just believed. I believed he had heard my prayer, and I didn't even know how to pray. But I prayed that, you know, he would show his kindness. I guess that's the prayer I was asking. God, show me some mercy in your kindness. 
Oh, that was in God's right. will. Right. That's well, his see, will. That's what he wants us to do. Right. Yeah, that was, that was the difference between David and Saul. Mm-hmm. You know, you go back to the early days of Israel. Saul, when he when his sin would be brought before him, he always had an excuse. You know, and his favorite <laughs> one was the men made me do it. Right? Mm-hmm. He didn't really want to do that. He didn't want to offer that sacrifice, but the men made him do it. And so, when David would have be confronted with his sin, he would immediately ask God to forgive him. In Same humility, with he would Same ask with for forgiveness. <laughs> you know, you could have made excuses. Oh, it wasn't my fault. It was somebody else. It was a setup. It was whatever. And then at that point, you're never going to find salvation because you're just making excuses for yourself. When you get to the point where now you realize I need God's help and you ask for it, when we humble ourselves before him, what does he do? He lifts us up. Well, the scripture says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I called on the name of the Lord. And and that's what God wants. He wants his creation to call upon him. And I was just looking at the scripture over here. at uh, uh Oh, right here. Since we were talking about righteous, we're going to switch gears again. But uh, Romans chapter 3, verse 21, it says, But now the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ, to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Read that again for how many? For all have sinned and fall you sure there's not sure at least one that no, was no, no, okay? No, 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 no. No, everybody, everybody's sin. But being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, man, whom God sent forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because of his forbearance, God has passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he may be just and a justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. And again, that's that's bottom line right there. He says, put faith in my son Jesus. You know what I like there is he says that he would be just. God is a God of mercy, but he's also a God of justice. He can't just wink at sin. He can't just say, oh, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. He is a God of justice. His justice demanded a price be paid. The price was paid by Jesus. Yes. <laughs> justified right. by in him. And See, there and it's it is so right clear there. That God doesn't just say, "Okay, I, you know, I we had this sin thing, and I know I said that all falls short, and I know that the wages of sin is death, but I'm just not going to forget that. I'm just not even going to worry about." It. No, he doesn't. He doesn't do that. He is a God of justice, and so what he does is he sends his Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. That when we put our faith in Him, we are justified before Him. Right, 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 and that's good news. A lot of people need to just That's, get a revelation. Actually, that, you know, I think the Bible ought to be called the great news because right. it's more than good news. Yeah, it's great news. It is. And that's what we need to be telling people. You know, we need to be redeeming people and tell them, yes, you can be righteous. And no, it's not about a feeling. It's about what God said in his word. And that's what we walk by faith. Jesus said, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Father. This, is, this Bible is God's word. And as you start feeding on it, partaking on it, especially when you receive Jesus, that's how you start getting revelation knowledge or, or an accelerated understanding. You got to first come in the door. And how you get through the door is say, yes, Father God, I believe that you sent Jesus to be a sin sacrifice for humanity. And I believe you raised him from the dead. And I received that and believe that in my heart. Scripture says you save. From that point on, God, your spirit has been opened up to God, and he'll just start downloading. As you 
fellowship with him and commune with him through As his you word. Meditated on it yeah. day and night. He'll yeah, he'll start just revealing stuff to you. He'll start showing you the deep things of God. It says in Corinthians, you know, God reveals the deep things to us through his spirit. So for what man knows the things of God except the spirit of a man that's in him. And again, once we get saved, our spirit gets awakened to God and God can speak to us through our spirit. Because what Adam and Eve did that kind of shut us off from fellowship with God. Our spirits were dead to God. And the scripture says he's quickened us, meaning he made alive our spirits. Now you can talk to God. And that's a good thing to, to fellowship with God again. Adam and Eve did that in the garden. And God came to restore that. And like you said, he sent Jesus to pay for that, that sin. And now we're in right standing. We're righteous, man. And that's, that's the good news. And that's what we're supposed to go tell people. First of all, you got to believe that for yourself. Then you'll have confidence enough to go tell somebody else that. And then you have to believe that it'll work for somebody else. Yeah, it'll work. Yeah, yeah, it'll work. They're not so far gone, or they're not so bad, or they're not so evil that this could never work. Well, here it is, God Richard. can't save Once you them. start studying the scriptures, you'll see it'll work for anybody you else. See, the whole Bible's Paul full of it. Paul calls himself the chief of sinners. I call myself the chief of and sinners. And Paul, though, see, because of what he had done and what he knew he had done. Right. And Paul's attitude was, if God can change me, he can change anybody. Right, right. We oh, wretched us, man that I am. That's what he said. We need to come to that conclusion that if God can do something, well, we can do it. Now, there, unfortunately, there are a lot of Christians that think, well, they weren't that bad. They, they were always well, we, pretty well, good. Well, see, we seem to forget Paul's life and how God used Paul. We forget that he killed both women and children, hundreds of them, chopped off heads. But see, that's what I mean. A lot of Christians like, I never killed nobody. I never lied. I never stole. I never cheated. So it was easy for God to save me. So I can see how God could save somebody who was good like me. Well, doing those things, Richard, we talked about the other day. Doing those things didn't. Good. Doing those things didn't make you a sinner, though. Right, being born. Yeah, made, made you a sinner. sinner. Yeah, so doing those things. So don't try to but justify. See, we, but we don't like <laughs> to think of it that nah, way. Well, you got to think I like God. Sinner, but I was only a little sinner. We just read all have sinned and fallen short. You ever notice nobody says I lied, I fibbed. Yeah. Right? Mm. <laughs> I mean, nobody well, wants to come out right out and say that they ever lied. They just told a little fib. So we don't we like to make excuses. Well the scripture for says over in first John, if you say you don't sin, you're a liar and the truth is not in you. You know, everybody's gonna miss the Actually, mark. Actually says you're calling God a liar. Yeah. <laughs> everybody's gonna miss the mark, you know, throughout a day. You know, there's not a day that the that go, don't go by that I don't ask God for forgiveness. And then I'm mindful to extend that forgiveness uh, to others because, you know, I want God to constantly forgive me. And that's going to do it for this uh, episode of Faith on Fire. Join us tomorrow for another exciting broadcast. And we're going to remind you as you go through this week, keep walking by faith. This broadcast has been a blessing to you. We ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927.
Please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.